So let's jump into this. We've been talking about wisdom and the Lord shifted the dreams. And um, this is for us all, but particularly, I don't know why the Lord is informing me about the young people, particularly if you are a teenager or a young adult, you will operate in this a lot because of just the dimension that we're in. Let's look at this first. These are several platforms by which we can communicate with each other. Phone call. And let me say this. You are welcome to stand up and take a picture. You're not interrupting the sermon. As, but I will. I waited. I didn't put up yesterday's teaching because I wanted to. I got really crazy yesterday. My wife's like, she's like, you off the chain yesterday, boy. So I'm going to probably put this one up. But I will. Every single thing that I put up on the screen, the notes will be uploaded to the sermon so that you can download them. So if you're welcome to take them, but I got a lot of graphics. So we, I can communicate with you by phone call, text, email, video message, Dropbox, social media, letter in the mail, message through another person. And my personal favorite is when they show up at your house unannounced and ring the doorbell. <laughs> see, when I was growing up, you just had to answer the door, pretend like you weren't home. And we didn't have garages, so they see the cars in the driveway. I know you're in there. <laughs> Now we got all type of video cameras and devices and ring devices. I see you before you even come up on the porch. <clears throat> and so now in the same way with the next graphic, God has several different ways by which he communicates. Number one is the Bible. The Bible is the written word of God. Um, but not every answer is every not every answer for you is in the Bible, but every answer is in there to show you how to get the answer. So you have the Bible, then you have the peace of God. Let me tell you what the peace of God is. How many of you have been in a situation by which the person sounded good, but on the inside you were like, this is a trick right here. There's something about this dude, something about this used car salesman. He's telling me that this is the last car on the planet, but I don't know if I should believe that. Okay, got to speak to you through pastors and prophets. Let me get, I, I wanted to run through these, but I just can't because you always have new people. When it comes to pastors and prophets, when they teach you things, it must be verified in the scripture. If they give you a personal word that can't be found in the scripture, you make sure that you have peace. OK, so I was taught that when someone gives you a word, it should always confirm. But that's not true. Uh, you should at least have peace. Um, um, but always remember this. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So if some reverend, some minister, some prophet, some apostle, whatever it is, they come to you and, and they want to teach you something, this doctrine. Say, I understand that statement, sir, but I need you to show me that in the scripture two to three different places. You always use, you always hear me use the example of, well, you know, you got this sickness, but it's because God put sickness on you to teach you a lesson. Now, that sounds really religious. Okay, Reverend, I understand that, and that sounds really good, but could you please show me that in the Bible where God puts sickness on people to simply teach them a lesson? Well, you know, I've been in a ministry. That's wonderful, Reverend, that you've been in a ministry for 40 years and you're on the Lord's side and you have coffee with Jesus every single morning. I understand that, Reverend. I understand that you got 300 churches, like a guy told me this past week. I got 300 churches. Why are you calling me? I got 300 churches and all of that. I understand all that, Reverend. Uh, uh, wonderful. But when I stand before the Lord, your 300 churches are not going to be there. When I stand before the Lord, the Lord is not going to bring up your tenure in ministry. What he's going to bring up is the word. So, Reverend, can you please show me in the Bible in two to three different places where God puts sickness on me? Teach me a lesson. If he can't show you, that's his opinion. I'm always teaching people how to be protected from people. God can give you a word from other people. I'm sure you've experienced that. Or you can give someone a word. Small, still voice. Audible voice, be careful with the small, still voice. The small, still, if it's the Holy Spirit's small, still voice, he will not tell you something that's not already written down. God does not, uh, what's the word, start with a C? He does not contradict himself, thank you. 
audible voice, circumstances teach you signs within, which are visions and dreams, signs without, which are strange and mysterious occurrences or repeat occurrences. And then the same way that your cousin will show up at your house unannounced is the same way Jesus or an angel will show up in your living room unannounced. Okay, heavenly visitation. So those are all of the different ways by which God tries to get your attention. And so we're going to look at just dreams because certain aspects. So, and we're going to do it with this theme in mind that every, how many of you dream? Let me, let me do this. Sure. How many of you dream almost every night? How many would say it's more like once a week? <laughs> Chad is like, you know, every two, three days. Yeah, it's, okay. Point is pretty much everybody dreams. Now you, your dreams will repeat themselves. The, the, the increase of your dreams sometimes is based on your lifestyle and what you're doing. And so, uh, but every dream that you have ever had, uh, God was trying to tell you something. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. I want you to think about this, that let's think about you're a business owner. And God has given you 57 dreams about your business. And you don't understand none of them. And if you understood all of them, where would your business be? And so that's the, <laughs> she said off the chain. <laughs> and so, so this is an invitation that the Lord has given you all since we're talking about wisdom to truly dive into understanding the subject. I asked my wife in service yesterday about how many years ago was it when I didn't understand any of them. She says about five years. Five years ago, you would have told me, hey, um, I was sleeping last night and Jesus came to me in a dream and told me to accept him as Lord and Savior. What does that mean? I would be like, um, I'm not sure. I need to pray about that. I was totally ignorant about dreams, you know, because of what I had been told. It's pizza. It's this. And I'm like, well, then I look in the scripture and I'm like, well, if you take dreams out the Bible, there wouldn't be one. And then our dreams are the hallmarks of the last days. And so we're going to walk through this because this is an invitation from the Lord for you to study it and not just kind of peruse, just peruse through it. Okay? So I'll go through it as we go through. OK, so let's going to read this one story to show you just symbolism in a dream. And uh, this is Joseph. This is one of the first stories in the Bible where God used symbolism. All right. Genesis 41 through 23. We'll read that and then we'll jump into it. Won't be before you long. But as they say, we will before we'll be before you strong. <laughs> Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and they put them in the prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked them. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Everyone say God's business. God's business. That's going to be the theme today. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. He said, in my dream, I saw a grapevine in front of me. Well, now, this guy was in charge of making sure that the king had wine at all times. And so because of his job responsibility, the Lord came to him in a dream with what he would be familiar with, a grapevine. He said, so in my dream, I saw a grapevine in front of me, and the vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom. Soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. 
This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up you, lift you up and restore you to your position as chief cupbearer. Please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place for I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. Now, this is also a clue. Sometimes your gifting will work the most powerful under pressure and under tribulation and under persecution and when you have been done wrong. If you stop complaining in these situations, the gifting will kick in. Many times the gifting is for the purpose of getting you out of any situation. Okay. My wife, never mind. Oh, Lord. Y'all are funny. What am I in verse 16? When the chief baker saw that Joseph had been given uh, the first dream with a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. Well, why did the Lord use bread? Because he was a baker. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means. Joseph told him the three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all of his officials and staff. He, summoned, he summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Hey, so I just wanted to read that to show you symbolism. Today, I'm going to give you an overview in regards to helping you because most people look at dreams this small. The dreams themselves are the size of a planet. So I'm going to open up that world to you to help you understand all of the different reasons and rhymes and ways in which the Lord speaks to you. Next weekend, we'll get over into uh, the symbolism part. Okay, and so uh, the first thing I want to bring to your attention is, is that uh, uh, dreams and the interpretation of dreams is God's business. You should never, ever honor any circumstances whatsoever Google what a dream means. Or, even worse than that, go to the occult or a psychic. You would be led astray. A person that is not connected to Jesus Christ could not interpret even the simplest dream. The Bible says a carnal man can't even see the kingdom of God. So, And I know many people have done that because, unfortunately, if you call most places and ask them, can you help me with my dreams, they would just tell you to pray about it. I haven't even been told that before about many different issues. Just pray about it. And then you pray about it, no answers come, and now you're frustrated. So most people turn to the dark side. They didn't know it was the dark side, but they then turn to the dark side to try to get an understanding of all of this craziness. One of the things that is mysterious about God is he will plague you with something you don't understand, and he'll keep on plaguing you with it. And so uh, Daniel chapter 4, verse 5. It says, but one night I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling all the wise men of Babylon. Babylon always represents the world. So they could tell me what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. At last, Daniel came in before me and I told him the dream. And Daniel was able to interpret it. So again, that is one area that the dark side is completely locked out of is dream 
interpretation. Now, they will try and come up with their own false corrupt system based on their way of thinking, but it is false and it will always lead you in the further uh, destruction. So put up this last uh, graphic just on that topic. It says only the Holy Spirit or only by the Holy Spirit can one get a true and correct interpretation of dreams, visions and mysteries of God. From Genesis to Revelation, the true meaning of parables, dreams, mysteries, and the handwriting of God were divinely sealed. That's why magicians, enchanters, wise men, and religious leaders in Egypt and Babylon could not interpret or understand these revelations. Up to this day, no other power besides God can tell the true meaning of a dream, no matter how simple the dream might seem. Now, put up these two books, and then I'll walk through each one of these in the graphic. These are two books. Uh... You're going to, of course, take a picture of it or it will be uploaded. Um, if you don't get have these books, these are the two best. It is very difficult, folk, to find quality books based on dreams and visions. I, I trust these two books because they are both word based. Um, and so the first one was the one that the Lord led me to on the right to Divinity Code. That dream symbol one, that one is even more detailed. And what's nice is both of the books have what you call a dream dictionary. So if you have a yellow spider in your dream, it'll tell you what the color yellow could mean and it'll tell you what spiders could mean. Just in case you didn't know this, because um, I always like to share stuff. If you uh, get a spider in a dream, many a times that means that someone close is getting ready to betray you. When I was teaching on these things, every time I would say that, somebody would lift their hand and say, I just got betrayed. You know, there's a young lady that's a member of our church and she, um, um, she had, she kept having these spider dreams, spider dreams, spider dreams. I think there's a scripture that says that betrayal is like a spider's web. So God gives you dreams based on what the word says. He uses, he's a wordsmith. He uses slang, everything. So if you don't know what the word says and, and the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance, but you're not putting it in so you don't understand. She kept having these spider dreams, spider dreams. And then what happened was someone that she trusted that she calls a spiritual mom. Uh, I guess she was homeless, asked to move in with her, so she just trusted her automatically. Look, just because they're a relative don't mean anything. Pookie might take your house right down to the ground. Y'all know what I'm saying? Pray about everything. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. And I'm going to add this, especially when it comes to your family members. <laughs> I'm just adding that. Now, some of y'all got good family members, and some of you, no, no, you, you can't move up in here. Okay. Love you, but I'll be praying for you. So, but she let the woman move in, but then the woman just changed her complete behavior. And the husband was just like, he was trying to be patient, and finally the husband was like, she got to go. So they basically had to force her out. She returned with the police and lied and said that while she was in the house, she witnessed the husband molesting one of his boys. Defects came in and snatched the boy out of the house. I think it was like, for, I think the boy was gone for either three months or six months. That was very excruciatingly painful on that family. When they finally got the boy back, the boy now was completely angry because he can't understand what happened. And so they, we got them all delivered and set free from that. But the Lord was warning them with a spider dream. Someone close is getting ready to betray you. And so, so you have to learn this language because it'll save you from a lot of headache, heartache, a lot of drama, all of that. Okay, So y'all got that. Get those books and, and don't do like other people. They read the book and they go straight to the dictionary. Read the book. Everybody say, read the book. Read the book. <laughs> read the book. Okay, so let me say something. Have, have any of you seen these sci-fi movies? It's always the same thing. You have this sci-fi movie 
and an alien race comes in and the spaceship is just hovering above the city, you know, isn't it always interesting that the alien race just always happens to come to the United States? That always was hilarious to me, especially New York. This has had a personal favoritism for New York, okay? And so, but the ship is out there, but the alien race speaks a language. The rest of the movie is people trying to figure out how this language works. And once they figure out the language, they are in then able to rescue the whole world, okay? But they had to put time in, y'all. And they had to put time in. They had to scratch their head and keep looking. And what's very interesting is they were always able to decode it when their mind got expanded because they were looking at it. Well, in the same way with dreams and visions, you're not going to learn that language. It's just like learning your ABCs and how to put nouns and verbs together and adjectives and sentence structure and, and, and punctuation in the right place. The same way that you had to learn it over a period of time is the same way that you have to learn this dream language. If you learn it, you become a master and nothing can get you. You can go straight to the top. It's God's, and, and some ways it is God saying, I can take you straight to the top really fast and make you another Jesus in the planet. So what I will do is I will lock that wisdom in dreams because I need you to discipline yourself like Jesus when he was in the planet. So that advancement and that technology and that advancement and that promotion will be locked in an arena that requires discipline. And for those that are lazy, you won't get the secrets. Because let me tell you something, when I start learning them secrets, whoo-wee. All right, first graphic, so I don't hold y'all all day. For those in the secular world, audiovisual aids are indispensable tools for effective communication. In like manner, we can equate dreams and visions as divine audiovisual dialogues. These have lingering impact on dreamers in a way that words alone cannot. So you've seen a person giving a presentation and they use graphs and the company has grown by this much because anyone will tell you in that industry that visual has a 10 as 100 percent greater effect than audio. So God uses dreams that way. Next graphic. True dreams sent by God come in the form of multimedia packages, a mixture of images, metaphors, similes, allegories, poems and remarkable storylines during sleep. The more you understand the way that movies are made and and trailers are made and um, these television shows, you know, that you have to watch one episode. Every, well, now, now you can be and watch, but y'all know what I'm saying. The more you understand that process, because that's video, the more you understand the way videos are made, the more you'll understand the way God uses video in a dream. He's showing you picture images. Y'all got me. I'm teaching this like a classroom, hopefully. Next graphic. I'm a, I'm a professor. See, I got on a professor suit today and everything. Yeah, I'm in. The, maybe that's what it is. I need to start wearing suits more so I can be in a professor. You know, boom. It didn't work yesterday, but I didn't have on a suit. That's why. Dreams are symbolic pictures, impressions, trailers. Most of you know what movie trailers are. And video given to the heart and mind while one is sleeping. These are given by the Holy Spirit in order to teach, exhort, reveal, warn, cleanse or heal there are a lot of people that they get healed in a dream one of the guys that joined our uh, other location he said that how he got baptized in the holy ghost praying in other tongues he said it was a dream he said he was dreaming he said in the dream he was he was speaking in tongues he woke up out the dream speaking in tongues and so there are a lot of people that they uh, uh they got healed in a dream um and it's strange experiences i mean from i mean i was just talking to somebody and they said an angel walked up to them and told them to eat this. And they eat this. And when they woke up, they were healed. 
I mean, so it's amazing. There is no limitation. God just does any and everything in a dream. Okay. And the more you're opened up to it, the more he'll start giving you the experiences. Okay. Um, next graphic. Through dreams and visions, God grants us insightful understanding of our own hearts. The Bible says that the word of God is a mirror so that you can see yourself. Therefore, dreams are sometimes used as a mirror to show you yourself. Yep. And sometimes he will use an animal. Like one of the animals, well, it's not really an animal, one of the bugs that God used 90, maybe 99% of the time, maybe 100. The main bug that God uses in your dream to show you that you're lazy will always be an ant. Because there's a scripture that says, study the ant, lazy man, and pay attention to his diligence. So you have an ant or ants. You know, you in a, movie, a dream, you'll see ants building stuff, and, and you're like, oh, I had a nightmare. No, Lord Lord was calling you lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes he'll give you that dream right when something bad happens. Because I've done this experiment, you know, so I'm working the lawn. You'll see an ant hill. And they built it above the grass, and I'll go right to it, and I'll knock that thing down with my feet. Those ants don't sit around and have a pity party. They try to figure out, okay, now what happened here? You know, in the ant world, they would probably call it a major earthquake or a meteor. Drop down. We don't know what these things keep coming through here are. They look like big rocks. It's an, actually, I'm a teaching that I'm going to teach where it will be the perspective of planet Earth from an ant's point of view. That's an actual teaching I'm working on. It'll be planet Earth perspective from an ant's point of view. And that ant's point of view, the ant's perspective of planet Earth will be the same divide of your perspective of heaven. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a deep teaching. Okay. And so, because uh, God is so much bigger than what we think. Okay. And so um, I'm standing out here in front of the podium here and talking about ants. Back over here. I'm a professor today. <laughs> I guess y'all need to be alarmed if I come dressed as a gangster, huh? <laughs> oh, we in it today. Get ready to run. Hey. So God will use the, the He'll use those different type of things. He'll use different animals um, in order to get your attention. Um, next graphic. God uses dreams and visions to give us insight into circumstances of life and the true reason behind our experiences. I'm going to give you an example here. I'll give you insight into circumstances. One of the dreams, how many of there are dreams that you like? And I was cool. I love flying dreams when I'm flying through the sky. How many know you have some dreams, you wake up and I'm like, Lord, don't do that again. Don't be playing with me like that. I don't like that. I don't appreciate that. Well, this was one of those dreams. I didn't like this dream. But in the dream, I was in a nightclub. The Lord was giving me insight into a situation. In the dream, I was in a nightclub and I was female. And in the nightclub, I went to the bathroom and I was looking in the mirror. And when I looked in the mirror, I had snake eyes. And I knew that I was demon possessed. And in the dream, I'm a female and I remember what my grandmother told me. Now, my real grandmother never told me this, even though she was a Christian. I remember what my grandmother told me. Baby, if you ever get in trouble, call on the name of Jesus. And so I'm in the mirror and I'm looking at my eyes and they're not my eyes. It's another creature in me. And every time in the mirror at the club, I could hear music in the background. I would hear the music, and every time I would try to call on the name of Jesus, I would say, Gee. and as soon as I would say it, the demon would activate, and my body would go limp, and I would have to hold on to the sink. And that was the whole dream. That happened about three or four times, and then the dream ended, and I woke up. 
And I was, and at that one, I was like, okay, I don't like that dream, Lord. What was up with that? He's, and the Lord spoke to me on that. He said, that's a real situation right now. He said, there were, it's called a replacement dream. God replaces you or puts you in that person's body to experience what they are experiencing so that you will take the prayer time serious. You know what that felt like. And because I knew what it felt like, I was very serious about that prayer. I was gearing up for a five-hour battle. That thing was done in about 10, 15 minutes. He said, I just need you to take authority over the situation and free that girl. And uh, you have to do this by the Spirit. I begin to pray. And when it's over, you, you feel this peace or this joy. Um, I, it feels like a water balloon um, burst on the inside of you. I can imagine what it feels like when a pregnant woman's water, you know, breaks. And then you kind of know that it's over with, and then bam. It's very, when you get over into spiritual things, you can be even more than one place at the same time. Here's another example of replacement. You have to be high level to do stuff like that. You got to be strong in the word, okay? It's called uh, replacement healing, where I'll use Chad as an example. Let's say that Chad has cancer. And what the Lord will do is, uh, Chad has cancer, and I'm healed, but I'm very, very strong in the area of sickness and disease. Now, sometimes this happens through prayer. Sometimes it happens literally. What God will do is, is that he will take the cancer out of Chad and put it in my body. When he puts it in my body, my body will then immediately react because I have the cancer. I have the cancer, but then through my faith, I'm able to destroy the cancer very, very fast. When I destroy it, then God puts that back into Chad's body. He becomes healed. These are high-level things. They're not really high-level. It's actually low-level to heaven. It's just high-level to us. Y'all still with me? Some good stuff, isn't it? Meaning, all right. Next graphic. God uses dreams to expose Satan's plans and give us insight into assignments that come from hell. A lot of the dreams that you call nightmares, which we will touch in a moment, is actually the Lord showing you what's chasing you in the spirit. What's chasing you from the dark side is always horrific. That's why God will give you a horrific dream. Next graphic. Some dreams are a call to prayer about a given situation and may require the dreamer to get up and pray about a particular person, circumstance, or event. Most misunderstandings or fears invoked by a dream usually result from the dreamer's failure to realize that most events in a dream are potential circumstances. Always remember that dreams are possibilities and not inevitabilities. So now there are some dreams you can pray until your lips fall off. It is going to come to pass. There are some dreams that God gives you because if you pray, that dream will be canceled. That just happened. The Lord had made it clear that there was a major demonic attack coming against his ministry. He first, I don't even know who picked it up first, but everybody started picking it up at the same time. Every, even my daughters were telling me. And they, my one daughter, she even told me, she said, it's going to come around this date. I don't, I don't like that type of stuff. You know, you just got out of church, you know, and you all drained and everything. And, you know, y'all try to be overly respectful. You know, your kids don't care. They just you get in the back seat and you drain. You worried about what to eat. And hey, daddy, uh, by the way, you know, there's an attack coming. It's going to be around this date. Hey, I'm not trying to hear about no attacks right now. I just want to attack a hamburger or something. You know what I'm saying? Just but your kids, they don't care. And that's, but that's the benefit of raising your kids and, you know, nurturing them in the Lord. They come and they just put you in check. They don't know nothing about no title and no protocol. And they got to, you know, you just watch my kids, you know. I mean, and the only reason we have people now as the church begins to blow up and all that, you have to have people down front for a little bit of order. Otherwise, five people will try to talk to me at the same time. So you'll see ministers and say, hey, just stand here for a second. We're not trying to control anybody. Well, my kids, just watch them at a particular location. They walk right past that line, walk right at me, just stand there. Hey, Daddy, I got something I got to say. 
you know. And so, but it was very, very, and, and when the Lord showed it to me, I was standing in the middle of a room and I just saw this huge army surrounding me all coming at me. At, and they weren't coming, they weren't running at me like another dream I'm going to share with you. They were creeping them on me like this, creeping. And and the and it was it was one of the dream it was a vision and it's here and I could just see them I was just it was like I had just looked up and didn't realize that these things were creeping up on me and then other people were picking it up so and then the Lord started giving people dreams so what we did was we went into the spirit and we just canceled it and we knew when it was canceled I mean it was like a dry erase board with a bunch of garbage on it and someone just comes and erase it everybody knew that that thing had been canceled and so that's the power of dreams all right. Did I put up the next graphic? I don't even know where I'm at. Oh, yeah, I know where I am. Okay, so remember that. So some can be canceled, some can't, and some, if you pray about them, God will get into the midst of the situation and manipulate it like 9-11. I know two people personally that the Lord showed them 9-11 when those planes hit. They saw the whole thing clearly. So people had started praying. When you go back and look at that, they said a whole lot more people were supposed to die in that situation. Okay, next graphic. Investigation dreams. Some dreams require an investigation in order to find out what God is hinting at in the dream. Let me give you two examples of this right quick. There's a lady that called us this week. We had a lot of calls this week. Uh, we got calls even, we got calls from Africa. We got calls from Ireland. It's just crazy what's going on. And this young lady, she's been listening to us, I think, for about two years now. And uh, she lives in another state. They plan on moving here. And she, she just couldn't take it anymore. She said years, this is what she told me a few days ago. She said years ago, she said, I was at a very low point in my life, very low. And she said, I just couldn't find a good church in the state that we live in. And, and she said, I was just really like low as in I can't move forward in life. And so she said, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was telling God, I just can't take it anymore. I just, I'm giving up. I'm too weak. I can't move forward. And she said, in the dream, she said, God told her, he said, wrong. He said, you have a lion heart. That's an investigation dream. So she said when she woke up, she had never heard that term before. She said, well, if God told me I have a lion heart, she says, well, I don't even know what that means. Let me go find out if there's something that is special about a lion heart. And so she Googled it and then the church popped up and she clicked play. And over the two years, it brought total deliverance to her, her marriage, her family, speaking in tongues, deliverance. Never called anybody. Never talked to any of the ministers. Just listen to the free media page. That's why the group reached out to me in Ireland. They said, your stuff free. They said, can we put it on our radio show? I said, fine, as long as y'all don't charge for my messages. People will take your stuff and then charge $10. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I said, hey, I said, as long as you're not charging, you can use it freely. And so that's the benefit of what you call an investigation dream. Something stands out. And you'll get the answer if you do your due diligence to investigate and then you will run into the answer. Now, here's another one, because you know that, you know, uh, Sadhu, which is an Indian man that we follow sometimes. He said that this was a year of preparation because something, uh, another virus is uh, uh, pandemic or something was going to come. But he didn't give how soon. He just said this is the year to prepare for it. OK. And then Devon picked up that he was sensing that it was 2022, which is two years from now. Okay. Then one of my musicians, um, not Mozart, the other musician, um, he said that he had a dream. He just shared this with me Wednesday night. He said, man, I had a dream. 
And he said, in the dream, he said, the book of the Bible, Amos, stood out. He said it kept blinking. See, that's, that's God telling you, I need you to investigate this. Okay? He said it just stood out so much that when the dream was over, he said, I turned to the book of Amos and I read verse 1. This is what verse 1 says. This message was given to Amos, a shepherd from the town of Tekoa in Judah. He received this message in visions two years before the earthquake. Wow. <laughs> so that was the Lord. This is how slick the Lord is. The Lord was telling the boy, in two years, there's another situation that's going to happen. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so this is what happens when, we, when you get rid of the dreams and you don't teach the people. See, the Lord ain't... The Lord... Teach, the Bible says the fivefold gift is to teach the people to do the work of the ministry. So what happens is if you teach the people these things and let them learn and grow in it, then what happens is, is that when the Lord gives me something, I don't have to worry if it's God or the devil because he gave half the congregation the same thing. And then when he does it, he gives them the same thing, but not the same way. He gives it to them in several different ways that say the same thing to let you know, oh, this is, de this is definitely God. And he will use your personality to say the same thing as I said. As he used my personality. So those are just the ones I know about. And the boy, he instantly knew. He said, oh, I instantly knew what the Lord was showing me. See, see, one of the things about the young people, younger people, they're not going to have to unlearn what some of us had to unlearn. You know what I'm saying? We, we fight with the revelation that we should have gotten with the old preachers in our head. And, and, you know, you get a dream, that was the devil. And so you're like, well, the dream seemed like it was a devil, and the reverend said it was a devil, but God didn't say it was a devil. So we fight it well. But the young people, that's the benefit of younger people that are part of this church. They don't have to unlearn this stuff. And so he was just like, and, and this the musician, his name is Zach. Zach, wasn't, he wasn't in the church like that. He, so so want to show you he wasn't in the church, Mozart been in the church all his life. So if we joke around and say dun 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 you know what I'm talking about? Most of them go, oh he he'll go there. It happened one time when Pastor Vega we did a service together, and Vega always gotta take it old school Holy Ghost. He'll always take it there with his crazy self. And so Mozart knew where to go. Here it is, I've been in the church forever, so I know where to go with Vega. And Zach was sitting there like this. He's like, I don't know how to play this stuff. Zach on that new stuff called ethereal that opens up your spirit. That's all he knows. Now, Mozart knows both. We all don't understand what I'm saying. So when he had, when he saw the scripture, he instantly knew, oh, the Lord was just simply telling me that there's another situation going, going on in two years. <laughs> all righty then. Next graphic. Some dreams unfold in stages because their message is for both current and future fulfillment. This is why it is important to write down your dreams. Many times you are given parts to an entire storyline like a series on television. And so, so how many of you know that every series on television has an end point? You don't get that after the first few episodes. The story is still building. And how many of you know just like in the movie, they know, you've been sitting up there and, and you've been watching this thing on Netflix. You know, that's what that's why people start binge watching, because you watch the first episode and they pulled you in. And right when you thought we about to get an answer, the credits roll. You're like, you job turkeys. <laughs> oh, now I got to sit up here and watch another two or three episodes. Jesus ain't going to be no Bible reading today until I figure this out. That's how they get you. 
And we all been there. I know I've been there. My wife and I were this week. One episode. One. Got right to that end. And my wife said, you know what to do. Go on. Just get the... And I don't ask you. You know, on Netflix, as soon as it ends, the next episode just... So if you don't cut it off right then, they're going to get you. Get you. Okay? So, so it means, you know, you got to tune in to the next one. You got to wait. So God does dreams the same way. And so that's why sometimes you don't understand the dream. You have to write it down, and then he will give you the next episode. It's just like a puzzle piece. How many of you know that, that, that if you just get one piece of the puzzle, you are confused? But you got to connect that piece to the next piece. After you've connected a few pieces, you begin to see the picture that is unfolding. And so that's why probably the biggest mistake that we have is that we're not writing them down, which I can understand. I mean, no, you're not going to write down something you don't understand. And then let me add this in case I forget it. How many of you have watched TV into the wee hours of the night? Go ahead and lift your hand. God knows it. It's just okay. You're not going to go to hell. <laughs> Folk like, this might be a trick, but I'm going to lift my hand slowly. <laughs> and we all have all done that. But then how many of you, as soon as you went to bed, the element of what you were watching was in the dream? And you're like, oh, I must have had that dream because I was watching. Wrong. God just simply used the last thing that you were looking at to speak to you in a dream. But you didn't understand the symbolism. Because God understands that he has to keep you in the moment. He has to keep you in the moment. And so he'll, he, 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 now he could do this too, but a lot of times he's just, all God is speaking, always remember this, God is always speaking to you more than you are speaking to him. Always. And there's not a day that goes by that God is not speaking to you. Not a day. Not a day. We just don't hear. But how do you know? From now on, we're going to hear ready. We're getting ready to hear every single. That bothered me when the Holy Spirit said, every dream that I've given you was for your personal advancement. That's what I said. I was like, what? And my wife would tell you, man, sometimes I've had four or five dreams in a night. And everyone, remember something. When you become a child, the Bible says the goodness of God is what causes a sinner to change. How much more when you become a child of God? Always remember this. Your heavenly father doesn't do negative. He doesn't do subtraction. He is really not even into addition. That's why he said, I will multiply you. I'll multiply your seed song. Everything with God is multiplication. Addition is too slow. And so even when he's correcting you, it's for the purpose of advancing you. Even when he's chastising you, it's for the purpose of advancing you. I could get you to level five real quick if you let that sin go. Oh, Lord. So y'all got that about the television series. All right, next graphic. Dreams show us where we are wrong. Job 33, 14 through 18. God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they lie on their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave and from crossing over the river of death. The last two are he gives you a dream so that you don't end up killing yourself. And the fourth one is he gives you dreams so you don't go to hell. Third, second one is dreams. He, when it says turn away from pride, 
These are things that you need to change course with, but your pride will not allow you to listen to your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents, your supervisor, your pastor, or the word. You're too prideful, so we got, well, our last resort is to come to you in a horrific dream to see if we can get your attention that way. That's what I tell you, man. People be cracking me up with this dating stuff. Lord, show me if he's the one. And the next day, he, he, he Godzilla. I need another sign, Lord. I don't need another sign. If I'd have prayed, if I, look, you know, you know, women typically are more moved by what they feel, but most men, they are attracted to a woman based on the physical appearance initially. Then they want to find out if you're crazy. You know, and so, so I approached my wife because of how she looked. Now, I know the spirit of God was involved, too, because she was ordained to be a wife. I approached her based on how her look. But if the Lord had, I thought I'd pray, Lord, if she's the one, and then in, 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 the, in the dream, she would have turned into Godzilla, it, this would have been like, okay, wait a minute now. And that's the Lord showing you. She fine now, but she, but by the time she get through with you, you're going to see her as Godzilla. <laughs> I'm glad the Lord didn't show me her as Godzilla. I see, you know what? I know I joke a lot, a lot of times. Elbert trying to get me to become a comedian, y'all. And I, I, I'm telling y'all, I don't just, I just say these things because God is not religious like that. He uses everything around you everything. And when you tap into that, it will overwhelm you because I drive down the street and I see stuff that other people don't see. Okay. So warning dreams. Next graphic, Matthew 2, 12. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Okay. It's a warning dream. Imagine having a dream like this. You're going to go on a hike through the woods. This actually happened. You're going to go on a hike through the woods. And you plan on doing that the next morning. Then that night you have a dream and you're actually hiking down that path in the woods. When you look up in the distance and you see a man doing this. Waving his, for you that are listening, waving his hamburger for Don't come down this path. Now, if I have a dream like that, not only am I not going on that path the next morning, I'm going to find another park to walk for the rest of my life. But it's some people, how many know, it's always one, they just got to investigate and see why the man was waving his hand back and forth. I don't want to be on the news. I don't want to be caught in a situation like that. And that's how mysterious it is because God is very much into emotional experiences. He likes to get your attention in such a way where there's mystery involved and it makes you, it makes you deep and it's abstract. He just loves that. That's what I love about God because I think that way. I love that type of stuff. I can't wait for y'all to see some of the new trailers that we have created. You're going to be quite moved by them. Okay, so that's warning dreams, and we get that all the time. Some dreams, they predict future events. Um, a graphic after that, uh, I don't have to really get into that. Dreams predict future events. A lot of them do. Next graphic says interactive dreams and visions. Interactive dreams occur when an exchange happens between the dreamer and God in the encounter or the dreamer and an angel. Genesis 23. That night, God came to Abimelech in a dream and told him, you are a dead man, for that woman you have taken is already married. Okay, I don't need no dream like that either. <laughs> and so, but actually, if you notice, when you see this stuff, this is not religious stuff. God is always using symbolism, the nature that is around you, your job, your cars, the movies that you watch, because he created everything. Therefore, he uses everything to speak to you. The Bible just keeps you on the right track and keeps you in that realm to be able to hear from him on these frequencies. Okay. And again, we'll talk more about this, you know, next weekend, giving you some better examples. Um, uh, next graphic is called Breaking News Dreams. Good. I'm good on time. 
These dreams are visions. These dreams and visions are characteristically short, sharp, clear, and are given mainly for the purpose of guidance. Okay, breaking news dreams. Um, there, uh, you'll get that type of dream when um, um, you'll get that type of dream a lot of times right before you're getting ready to make a major decision. You're getting ready to sign on the dotted line, and that night, bam. I know there was a gentleman from Creflo Dollars Church. There's a pastor that the Lord had told him that his, this particular building was his. Um, now, this is not a dream, but this is how the Lord shocked you. He will wait sometimes to the last moment. I don't know if we can't hear or what. Okay, but, but it was a, a businessman from Creflo Dollars Church on our side of town, and they were getting ready to turn this huge building into a roller skating rink a Christian roller skating rink. And so they had looked at it. They had signed the paperwork. They had done everything. And so like a wise Christian businessman should do, even though he had signed all of the paperwork and everything was clear, the closing was the next morning. He came over there the day before and just walked around the building. He just wanted to pray to make sure he had peace. Just pray. So he said he was just walking. He was just walking. He was just walking. He was just praying. He was just praying. You know, he was just praying, and he said he put his hand on the building. He said, when he put his hand on the building, this is what he heard, an audible voice from heaven. Get your hand off that pastor's building. <laughs> he said, who's pastor? He said, look up. And the Lord showed him the church down the street. He said, that pastor. He said, you're about to take over something that belongs to another man. Man was crying and everything. And so he, he was so moved by it, he came over to the church and told him, sir, this is what we were getting ready to do. And the Lord told me not to touch this building because it's yours. And the pastor still didn't have a building. And the building had been sitting there for over 18 years. There are some things that are for you, folk. And God will protect that thing until it's for you. That's why you don't have to be concerned about what's for you. Just do the right thing. Don't matter if it's 500 businesses with the same chicken. God will give you a new recipe to put them all out of business. You know what I'm saying? I use silver gap because that's the reality of it. It's a couple last night. They got called out. And the, the man, they just joined our church, and the man had been praying. He let us taste it, too. Okay. <laughs> I can only imagine I probably look like a three-year-old kid with a popsicle. He brought us some sweet potato pies and some strawberry stuff. And, and Sunday, strawberry shortcake. So he brought a bunch of them. We took it home. Them things were wonderful. He had been praying about the business but then the Lord uh, pulled him and his wife out the service yesterday to give them a prophetic word about their advancement and being connected to the church and how it would speed them up. But the Lord also gave him the name of the business while he was standing there, even though he had been praying. I'm just, I throw in other things because, y'all, the Lord is always, the Lord, let me tell you something, you ain't never waiting on Jesus. He is, he is always waiting on you. We move too slow. You, you, let me tell you something, you get in that frequency that Jesus is in, and you will be begging Jesus to slow that train down. I know some of y'all like, let me try and ride that train, though. Let me. <laughs> just... <laughs> let me just get on it first and see how fast I can keep up with the speed. And then I, conductor, can you slow this down a tad bit? Tell you something. You get foundation is everything. Foundation. Okay. So those are breaking news dreams. No, I didn't share with you the breaking news dreams. This is a good one. I love this dream. There's a lady, she goes to this church, and long story short, 
she was in the midst of something where there was some money that was due her and um, significant amount of money. And and they were sending her through all this red tape. You got to get this particular thing done. And and no matter what she did, she just couldn't get it done, couldn't get it done. Nobody seemed to be able to do it. She making phone calls, doing hair dolls. And so she started to get discouraged, kind of give up. And the Lord gave her a dream. In the dream, she was standing there at an excavation site, you know, like they look for dinosaurs. And she said, she was standing at an excavation site. And she said, there was a guy um, who was digging in the ground for dinosaur bone, bones. She just standing there watching him. And she said, he was digging. And then he pulled up a great big dinosaur bone. And then he showed it to her. And it was a money symbol with it, with her name on it. And then he handed her the bone. That was the Lord giving her insight into encouraging her that the same way this man knew that if he kept on digging, he would eventually get that bone is the same way I need you to keep on digging to get that money. Don't be discouraged. Keep on moving forward. And she did. And don't be asking me who it was. <laughs> Next one, summary dreams. God uses these dreams to recap the many dreams that may occur in a night. Summary dreams are common with high volume dreamers or seers. These short dreams contain the main highlights of a night's spiritual encounters. So you may have had three or four dreams in one night. The last dream was a recap of the other three. If you don't under, see, if you don't understand this, you have no idea. You're just confused. But the more you begin to understand this, now you're going to look at your dreams differently and take them more seriously. Then you have confirmation confirmation and encouragement dreams. Genesis 46, two through three. It says during the night, God spoke to him in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he called, here I am. He said, I am God, the God of your father. The voice said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt for there. I will make your family into a great nation. So they're called encouragement and confirmation dreams. Then the next one, you have destiny dreams. Now, um, I, I don't like the word. I shouldn't say that. I don't like the definition that most give to destiny. When you say destiny, people think about this one point at the end of their life. A better way of explaining it is that destiny is like, these, like this. Destiny, it's, it's destination points that you're supposed to hit in the journey of life. Okay, These are destination points. There are certain, how many of you know that by 18, that's a destination point. By 18, you should have your high school diploma. Say amen, folk. Amen. We understand that we got other programs. We understand that people mess up sometime, and you get a GED, and you can go back. We're saying, though, that that's a destination point that everyone understands, that by 18, you should, be ha you should have your high school diploma. At age five, you should know certain things when it comes to the alphabet as well as um, numbers. Okay, these are destination points. So in your life, God says the same thing. By the time you are 25, you should be at this point. By the time you are 40, you should be at this point. And so sometimes God will give you a dream to let you know about a destination point that you're headed to. And it'll encourage you to stay on the same path. Other times, a person may be questioning, well, I really wonder if I'm called to be a nurse or not. They kind of feel like, I think I'm called to be a nurse. Then the Lord will give you a dream and you'll see yourself as a nurse. You actually see yourself moving around the doctor's room and helping with the medical staff. Seen, have y'all seen those army commercials where the person goes to help someone and they walk into the room and they turn into a military person? Yeah, that's, that's similar how destiny dreams work. Sometimes the Lord will show you your calling. If it's in ministry, he might show you standing up before people preaching. If it's business, Mozart got a dream one time and, 
and he was at a big place, and and they announced his name because they were giving him awards. That's a destiny dream. That's the Lord showing you. Yeah, you may not be able to figure it out now, but 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 this is what's coming in your life in the future is that there's going to be some recognition. Y'all got that? I don't want to get too deep in that because I will get lost. And then you have. Let me. I will say this. You have some destiny dreams where the Lord will show you in the dream what's going to happen before it got, happens. So, like, you know, when I flew all the way over to Nigeria, y'all heard that teaching? Yeah, y'all heard that. A couple of people wanted me to make that public. I said, uh-uh, no. So I flew over there, and, you know, well, I will tell you that, of course, we went to his house. He laid hands on my wife and I. We showed her that picture. But that had already happened in the dream three years prior. It had already happened. Most of y'all heard the testimony about how he appeared to me in a dream, said, follow me, and I did, and I was in Nigeria. When I got to Nigeria, he said, come up to my office, and I did. He pulled out his belt and poured oil on me, and then he laid hands on me. And then, like, a couple of weeks later or something, my wife, she then has a dream, and she's on the pulpit at the church in Nigeria, and his wife is laying hands on her. Okay, that happens in a dream. So, but it was the Lord showing you this is your destination. See? And so then, was it two years later, Lerana, or three it doesn't matter. Two or three years later, then we go over there, and then that actually happened that way. And then y'all saw the picture. Uh, you know, they... That was very surreal. You over there with the man with the large church in the world, he looks at you and say, I want you to come to my house. You don't even get excited. You don't even get scared. You just go numb. <laughs> what? to come to your house. You don't even know me like that. But see, let me tell you something. Wise men won't tell you what they know about you. I, because it's just still a mystery how when we showed up, it's like he instantly knew, oh, y'all, y'all the ones. I mean, because he, the man didn't know us, but was smiling at us before he knew us. I mean, so it's just interesting how, and hey, let me tell you something. Business or otherwise, they will be you know, follow the spirit of God and walk towards the wall because there will be some people, they will deny you, they will deny you, and they will deny you, okay? And then the Lord will give them a dream and say, deny them again and I will deny your life. They won't tell you that. They'll just say, you know, I've changed my mind. Changed my mind. I think I'm going to go ahead and sign that contract for you. Okay, I know we'll forget. I got a couple more minutes. So I never forget, years ago, my wife and I, you know, we were more, I shouldn't say financially struggling, but we were just, we were just, you know, making ends meet. The Lord had sent us to Atlanta. You know, you got six kids, and it was just a lot. And that's when gas was $4 a pop. <laughs> and we had that expedition. That some, one time, I spent $100 filling that tank up. I said, oh, no, we got to ride a bicycle something. <laughs> And so, and then the air condition went out on the thing. And so I was going to go to the one that was down the street. But then the Lord kept showing me, I don't know if it was a dream, he just showed me, to go to the one that was seven miles away, seven miles further. I'm already paying $4 or something in gas. You ask me, that's 14 miles out my way, Jesus. That's how we think. And the Lord, the Lord made that clear. He said, bypass the one you always go to and go to this one. And to this day, I do, not, I do not know what happened. That air conditioning was out. And it's a dual unit, one in the front, one in the back. Took it in. He said, okay, we'll look at it. And I'm gearing myself up. I'm like, oh, man, I know this is going to kill me. And that man, uh, he took it in the back. He came back with this strange look on his face. He said, sir, you are all set. 
I said, what's going on? He said, we fixed it. You are all set. I said, I own anything. He said, nope. We took care of everything. He said, we recharged the back one. He said, we fixed the part and everything. You were all free to go. You don't owe us nothing. He was looking like, you better get your behind up out of here because there was somebody back there that had a sword and threatened my life. And I don't know who you are, but whatever it is, I ain't into this. You got to go. They don't tell you what they saw. They don't tell you what they experienced, but they saw something. And, they don't even, and, and, and when they see it, God don't explain it to them. God don't explain stuff to sinners like that. He just show up, and the angels show up, and, it don't, and, and sometimes it'll just be a mysterious man. Who are you? And they know this is a, it's just weird how God does it. And he don't explain it to them. It's just like, you don't, you're not even in my kingdom, so I don't need to explain you nothing. I'm, I'm, this son is on my side. This is one of my sons. This is one of my kings. And so I sent one of my servants to threaten you. So I pays to be on the Lord's side. I was just saying, that's what that's what and, and people are like, oh, he just he just extra bold. No, it's just you become very, very, y'all, it's a very, very, I don't mean arrogance. There is a holy arrogance that comes upon you when the Lord is on your side. He's in me and on me and assisting me, going before me while he walking behind me. And I'm supposed to be afraid of what somebody got to say about me? And the devil's main job is to make you forget that. Because he's the one that's afraid. Because, you know, when you start walking, the Bible says that when you get rid of your fear completely, it is transferred to Satan. And they now realize that that is their demise. Your uh, lack of fear is their demise. And they know it. Worst thing, I mean, they, I mean, they, they challenge us a little bit. They don't like to challenge us now because we would like to get with them. But anyway, let me just finish this. Y'all learn anything today? Yeah. All right, reoccurring dreams. We're almost done. Good. I'm doing really, really good. I want to do good. Reoccurring dreams. Reoccurring dreams are those that are repeated more than twice over a long period of time. These often indicate an issue that needs to be resolved or is in the process of resolution. So it could be hurts or unhealed wounds of the past, emotional scars that need healing, bondages or negative strongholds that need to be pulled down, Persistent misunderstanding or partial understanding of a message from a previous dream. No responses or inappropriate responses to previous dreams. Okay, those are reoccurring dreams. Okay, and so um, can I tell you this though? This, this dream doesn't have anything to do with anything. There's a, there's a young lady that she's a member here now. And I couldn't quite interpret this dream, but in the dream she died. Um, in the dream she died. And I was trying to fish around and thinking, you know, and 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 the and the person when she she died, she said, but it was a peaceful feeling. And I was like, okay, well, you know, whereas we don't judge people, we kind of people. I was like, well, her life ain't completely a hundred percent there yet. So that that this, that that was confusing me a tad bit. Why would you be dying and it's a peaceful feeling? Well, it's because the girl would go through a deliverance. And that side of her would die. Because in deliverance, she said this, I've never felt peace like this. It's amazing. Oh, God. I love this stuff, by the way. Okay, so those are reoccurring dreams. It's the Lord trying to get your attention over it. He'll give it to you. I've talked to people, I didn't have the same dream for 20 years. What? That's the Lord. He just will not stop. 
And that's the side I don't really understand all about. Oh, let's move on. Tattletale Dreams, we're almost done. This one is not on screen, but I will have the graphic up. Tattletale Dreams are the Lord Tattletelling. Because you're in a situation and you're too prideful to tell people that you don't have anything to eat. So he'll tattletale on you. He tattletaled on me one time. We were in Detroit, you know, we downsizing everything, trying to move and, and, and downsize this little itty-bitty house. And I don't know what was going on with my job. I don't know what was going on. And um, he tattletaled on me because and, and my sister showed up. Ding dong. She's standing there with bags full of groceries. I ain't told her nothing. And, and that's happened to me. Now, it doesn't always happen in a dream. There was one time I was driving down the street from the Riverdale location. I was driving, and it's a couple that goes to the side of the location. I just had this weird feeling. I just kept feeling like they needed food. Called them, and they was trying to figure out where their next meal was coming from. See, and the Lord will tattletale on you. Now, he'll tattletale on people that need help. He'll also tattletale on, on people that's trying to hurt you. He'll tattletale on people that's talking about you behind their back. I ain't talking about something you just say. I don't like what Pastor said today. I just don't pre- he ain't about to tattletale on that. We're talking about you have become a real enemy. You know what I'm saying? He just did that too. Tattletale on somebody big time that was trying to trick people out of this ministry. He tattletale them, start giving other people in the in the congregation dreams. But anyway, my wife is laughing. Maybe I don't know why she's laughing at me. Okay, so we just had a situation by which when the coronavirus was in really strong and everybody was locking down, a family that we know in Nigeria that help us out when we come there. The Lord gave my wife a dream about them. And the dream let my wife know they probably need food. Because here, coronavirus hit. You got, I mean, we didn't got money, you know, special packages, insurance companies calling. We're going to lower your rate so that you won't leave us. We got all type of special privileges here. Over there, over there in India and in Africa and Asia, ain't no stimulus packages, ain't no food stamps, ain't no nothing. You just hit. So... Lord gave my wife a dream. Y'all pray for Latoya. She... <laughs> so my wife, Lord gave my wife a dream. And that's, that was also an investigation dream. We had to investigate. Y'all doing okay? Yeah, we're doing all right. How many know, ladies, sometimes you got to talk to the wife? No, we're not. <laughs> we need some biscuits up in here. He's just prideful. And then men are like that because they don't want their feelings. I understand that. The pressure of being a provider. Sometimes you just don't want to face that fact that you need help. But either way, you know, we, uh, I think we sent them like $800 or something because it was two things. They didn't have anything to eat, and they didn't have the money to pay for their kids' school fees. And so we just sent them that amount of money. And it was, it was so let me tell you something. When you tithe and you give and you do those different type of things, when we do, because we didn't, I mean, there are times we spend our money, there are times we spend the church's money. And so we just sent them, you know, we wired them funds from the church. And, um, and but when you sow, that's stuff that goes towards your account, folks. There's, there's something that I teach called the multiplication factor. And the Lord's going to show you, look at all of this stuff. And you're like, I didn't do Yes, you did. He said, when you sold that seed, you didn't know it was used for this purpose. That's why these preachers get on TV. Oh, sow your seed. Oh, the ministry is going to go down. Let it go down then. <laughs> it need to go down. Why is the ministry going down if Jesus is in charge? Can y'all see Jesus going around begging? I know, I'm, I know I'm the son of God and everything, y'all, but I just need some help. Supposed to be getting on TV. I'm going to lose my life. Go on and die then. Just go. I'll just go to another church. I mean, just this is how Jesus is looking at this, y'all. These guys, these guys, let me tell you something. These guys online, 
And they tell everybody to stay at home from church. But why are they doing online stuff? Look right on the screen. If you would like to partner with us, I don't want to partner with you. Cash app, all type of stuff. Home and pigeons, all of that type of stuff. <laughs> so that was a television. One time the Lord gave congregation members a dream about a couple that were in jail with orange clothes on, orange jail clothes. Uh, and that was a tattletale dream. The Lord was telling us that they were actually abusing their children. Now, the end result is that they will both be in jail. But based on the dream, we then approached the couple, and that's exactly what they were doing. Uh, not the type that would make you want to kill somebody, but even the young man said, he said, yeah, when well, my son gets out of order, he said, I just smack him across the face. I said, it's called child abuse. He said, that's what was done to me. I said, so it's still called child abuse. That's why you crazy now. That's exactly what I told him. He's like, you're right. And I told him, I said, technically, I said, report you. I said, but it's borderline, okay? Because some of us got smacked across the face too, and that was just, you didn't lose it. You lost a tooth, but you didn't lose it. <laughs> oh, here it goes, sex dreams. <laughs> I ain't even said nothing now. Folk, wow, and mm. I'll just give you this. Most people have had a sex dream, but I will give you a hint in regards to it. Let me say something first. God is not shaky about stuff. You are. How many know it is the Lord on high that created what we call the private parts? He created that and a laboratory. He created that in a laboratory. So God is not moved by what you move by. He doesn't fall off the wagon. He doesn't get nervous around stuff. But what I will tell you is this. If you have sex in a dream and you are aroused, then it's usually bad. It's usually talking about a situation of lust. It's talking about what has attached itself to you because of what you're watching on social media, video, or what you're watching on the internet, or what you're watching on TV. Um, it can also mean that a demonic spirit has attached itself to you, and it's a spirit of lust on you. So if you are aroused in a dream, it's negative. But if you're not aroused in the dream, and let me tell you something, there are some sexual dreams that can be quite graphic and you will not be aroused. You'll think there's something wrong with you, but you will not be aroused. But that's because God was speaking symbolically. You look at some of the stuff that Jesus did in the Bible, like when he had that prophet marry a prostitute, just to be symbolic. You need to find somebody. I'm not trying to marry no prostitute just to make a point. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, God is not moved by that type of stuff the way that you are. So when it comes to sex in a dream, remember, if you're aroused in a dream, different things like that happen, it's usually negative. It means that there's a spirit of lust present or something you're watching is getting on the inside of you, something that you need to stop watching, stop doing. Sometimes it means that you could be attached to somebody that you're dating that has a spirit of lust, and then your dreams will turn that way. And so, but if you have sex in a dream and you're not aroused, it's purely symbolic. Let me give you an example of that. I had a friend of mine. You've heard this dream before, but some of you haven't. He had, uh, his wife had a dream that her husband was laying in the bed with two prostitutes, one on the left, one on the right. He was reading a book. He was totally oblivious to the fact that they were there, even though they were touching him. And the two prostitutes kept trying to get her to get in the bed with him to do a threesome. And the whole dream is them trying to coax her into it, or her saying, I can't do this. Right before the dream ended, she got ready to do it, but then at the last minute she says, I cannot do this wicked thing. And then the dream ended. She didn't know about dream interpretation. So the first thing she said is, where you been, who you been with, and how many has it been? And you can't just go upside the brother's head like, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? And so but she didn't understand that that's how God uses sex in a dream. 
So what the Lord was saying to the wife is, you're a this is the reason why the two prostitutes were there and he was totally oblivious. He's just reading the book. Your husband is oblivious to the fact that his two business partners from heaven's point of view are seen as two prostitutes. And they are going to do to him what a prostitute would do to a man. Take his money and ruin his reputation. And in two months, they stole the business out from under him and then went to all of the clients that they had together and turned all of the clients against him and ruined his name so that he could not open up another business that was the same in his name because his re reputation was ruined. Wow. He saw them as friends. God saw them as prostitutes. That's how God uses symbolism in a dream. And he'll show you, he'll, he'll, he'll show you somebody and that person will turn into a particular animal. And it's the nature of that animal that the Lord will tell you is he's telling you about the person. He said, you see him this way, I see him that way. You see him this way, I see him that way. You see the situation this way, I'm going to give you a nightmare to show you how it really looks. Y'all got that? Which leads me, I think, to the last one. Yes. Yes. I'm doing good. Second to the last one, which is Nightmares. You okay, Jay? Jay is like, this is too much learning for me. It's some good stuff. You imagine where you were if you had got this if you were a child? This is just the overview on how God uses dreams. You see how much stuff you're missing? Now remember, every dream that God gives you, it was for the purpose of giving you a head start, an advantage. Watch this. Also that you can move faster. I want to move faster. How about you? Nightmares and night terror. The true definition of a nightmare is a dream that arouses feelings of acute fear, dread, or anguish. A nightmare, therefore, is a subjective term that reflects an individual dreamer's perception and judgment. What is a nightmare to one person may not be a nightmare to another. Next graphic. Nightmares are dreams. They're not nightmares. We call them nightmares, but that's not what God calls them. He calls them dreams. Nightmares are dreams that have become more graphic as a result of not listening to previous warnings. God often waits patiently for our response. If we fail to respond to the dream, it may be repeated over and over again. If we continue to ignore it, we may be frightened by a terrible nightmare to show us how serious the situation has now become because you've been neglecting it. Next graphic. Dreams of spiritual warfare could easily be regarded as nightmares because they are often God's expositions on happenings of wars in the spirit realm. They warn the dreamer about hell's assignments and reveal a divine strategy for victory. Now, before I do this last graphic, give you a couple examples. I'm talking to my barber and young kid, really, really good kid. I mean, I, solid boy, just man, you know, but his, uh, I won't say that. Started to say yesterday, I just won't, just in case. Solid, solid boy. Solid, solid boy. But, you know, he liked to smoke the little weedy, weedy thing and, and smoke cigarettes. Boy, 22, 23. But he's he just a good kid that just needs some direction, you know. And, um, and he has a good father, but his father does all of that type of stuff. And Jesus even said the son only does what he sees the father do. And so, uh, but I was talking to him. And the reason I started talking to him is I got to the barbershop a little bit early, and so he was getting out the car smoking, and then he put on his mask that could protect himself from the coronavirus. <laughs> I said, hey, man. I said, hey, man. And he listens. He just sit there, and he just listens. I said, hey, man. I said, 
you you really hurting yourself here. So I explained to him about the mask and about what smoking. He didn't know what smoking did to his lungs. I pulled it up right there. I said, look at this right here. He was appalled. I said, you are killing yourself a thousand times faster smoking while you wearing a mask around me worried about a coronavirus. You know? And then we got to talking, and I'm going to mentor him personally because he, can't, he wants to go to church, but he can't because his daddy got him always working in a barbershop. And so, uh, so I said, I'm going to mentor you personally. We started talking about dreams. He said, ooh, he said, my dreams are always dark. He said, my dreams are just always dark. He said, every dream is just negative and darkness and horror. And I was able to explain to him, and he was in shock when I began to open this up. I said, one, I said, it's because of how you're living. I said, the Lord is showing you how horrific your sin looks like in the spiritual realm. The Bible says, I'm, let me finish, not get twisted here. Okay, so then he said he watches horror all the time. I said, man, that's like mixing bleach and ammonia. Yeah, you know, just, kids don't know what we're talking about, but you know you're not supposed to mix bleach and ammonia together. That's a bomb. So I began to explain to him, I said, this is the Lord trying to get your attention that this is what this looks from heaven's point of view. Always remember this. When it comes to your negativity, what you think is simple is huge in the spirit. Now, let me give an example because we're almost done. I'm really good. I'm about, I think I'm about to be five minutes over, but that's good. That's, that's not that's good. I mean, I'm just better five minutes than the whole hour. <sighs> I don't care, folks. This is how I am at home. Um, um, so how many of you have... Uh, now, just be honest. How many of you know that all of us, we have sinned? How many of you, you have sinned? You told the Lord, this is the last time, Lord, please forgive me. I'm not going to never do this again. Boom, boom. And then you turn back to it again. You didn't mean to, but you got pulled in. You got tempted. She was fine. He was looking good. The list goes on and on. You didn't plan on going, well, I was not living that way, but I went to the birthday party anyway just to support my best friend. But everybody was smoking weed, so I just decided to go down memory lane for it. I mean, we all got them testimonies. <laughs> folk looking at me like, uh, yeah, mine is quite recent. <laughs> it's the way folk look at you. I was all looking at the clock. I don't know what folk are thinking in their mind. It's all right. You're going to do better this week. I said, you're going to do better this week. Okay. So anyway, so we've done that. Okay. And then how many of you? You have, how many of you, some of you don't have this testimony, you were doing pretty good, but then you turned back to sin for a season, okay? Okay, you turned back to sin for a season, whatever it was, you just, you know, just, you just lost it, you know, you just, ugh, I don't want to do the right thing right now, I just want to do the wrong thing. <laughs> a lot of people have been that way, you know, my wife living her hand like, eh. okay, so, and that can be in different varying degrees, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so, you end up being remorseful. You know, and then you realize, you know what, I got to stop this. This is not who I am. And then boom. But the Bible, but let me tell you how heaven looks at that. So the reason why when you're doing that, God will give you horrific dreams is because of a scripture in the Bible. It says that a man that stops sinning and then turns back to his sin is exactly like a dog that vomits and then turns back and eats it. Now. When you were sinning, did you really think it was that gross and that bad? No. You were just blinded by the good time. But from heaven's point of view, this is what it looks like. And so that's why God uses what we call horror in a dream. He's showing you that this is how horrific this situation or this person or you look based on those that live in light that the Bible says you cannot approach. Because everything in heaven is completely clean 
Ain't no ghettos up there like your boy Tupac preached. Okay. So let me, give you, let me give you a quick example of this. And this is, again, you'll miss it if you don't study the Bible and read the Bible. You should be reading the Bible. How many have been reading the Bible? How many read the Bible more this past week? It's okay. Just, 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 put, just have a moment of silence for those that didn't. It's just... All right, you're going to do better this week. You need the, let me tell you something. Do you, one of the biggest judgments that will be against you is the fact that you didn't stay in the Word. The Bible says, stay in the Word day and night, and I will automatically make you a success without you hardly even trying. Okay, so here's an example. Had a young lady, this was years ago. A girl had a dream. You, know, you would think this was a nightmare. girl had a dream, and in the dream she's sitting on the couch, and across the couch from her are two young girls. She watched in horror as one girl ate the other girl. How many of you know? In your mind, it's time to go to the psychologist right now. I'm a, a matter of fact, I think I'm going to visit the church on Sunday, psychologist on Monday, the massage therapist on Tuesday. Go to the, I mean, that'll mess your mind. Can you imagine watching? But there's a scripture that says, be careful when you are in strife, when you're biting at one another, lest you consume one another. So it was a warning about being in strife with her sister. See, you just see the bickering. But God is looking at this. No, the bickering from heaven points of view looks like you are biting off each other's flesh. And if you're not careful, you're going to eat each other. That's how it looks. I hope you understand that what you call nightmares is just God showing you how horrific your situation looks. Y'all got that? Woo! This is some good stuff. It's over now, though. Let's do the last one, which is how many of you know that the most difficult thing about a dream is remembering it? When you wake up, that dream gets on a rocket ship with twin turbos and 22-inch rims and squirts away, just zoom. So these last couple here are dream, how to, how to catch the dream. Job 26 through 9 says, Though the pride of the godless reaches the heavens and the head touches the clouds, yet they will vanish forever, thrown away like their own dung. <laughs> How many know that's not you? Those who know them will ask, Where are they? They will fade away like a dream and not be found. They will vanish like a vision in the night. Those who once saw them will see them no more, and their families will never see them again. It's actually a sad type of scripture. Okay. So let's look at this next, look at the graphics here, and then we're done. Dreams are written in spiritual ink that quickly fades. So we must transcribe them into the more durable ink of human memory. We should always write down what we receive, whether it is clear or not. Daniel 7.1. Earlier, during the first year of King Belteshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. Okay? So scriptural precedence for writing down the dream. Next graphic. Most dreams can be lost within a minute or two of waking up. So it's important to spend quiet time to let dreams speak into the stillness of our mind. We need this quiet time to recall our dreams. Before a day's business starts, we should allow time for dreams to drift into the image center of our mind. 
Stillness is not a lack of activity, but calmness in the inner being. Remember, dreams can be hindered by the effect of alcohol, bitterness, anger, resentment, medication, drugs, and even physical exhaustion. And so um, things like cigarettes, uh, marijuana, cocaine, drugs, all of those things, alcohol, being tired, um, uh, being a person that is, is, is just carnal, you just watch a lot of sin. These are all things that can mess with your ability greatly to remember a dream. Next graphic. One of the most common causes of not remembering dreams is the intrusion of the voice of a person's mind. We must learn to put off our mind's voice with its echoes of life's failures, successes, challenges, and unanswered prayers, all of which speak quite loudly. Dreams are best captured before pressures of life's routines start flooding into our consciousness. Two more, and then we're done, and I'll explain it. A sudden noise, next graphic, a sudden noise upon waking up, such as from an alarm clock or a toilet flushing, is another common cause for failing to recall dreams. Noise drives away the stillness required for a dream to drift from one's spirit into the mind's image center. So, when you wake up, last graphic, allow peace to reign in your mind immediately upon waking up. Avoid emotional backlash. Then ask God what you have seen in the night while also maintaining stillness in your inner man to allow the dream to flow into your mind. Try to rerun events as they played out in the dream. This helps to transcribe the message into more permanent memory ink. Write out the dream and study it. Pray about all elements, events, and circumstances of the dream. And I didn't put this in there you should catalog it. Everyone should get some thick manual, some binder, something where you just begin to catalog them and date them. And this was the time and this is the date. This was the circumstances maybe surrounding this and maybe add a note. This is what it possibly means because this is what's going on. If you have that type of discipline, you will become a master very, very fast. Coupled with those two books that I showed you earlier. Now, I learned this principle from one of those books. Um, the dark blue one with the doctor's name in front of it. Um, I didn't know I was messing myself up. And so what happens is, is that I'm not saying that I'm exactly right in explaining it, but the dream is given in a different dimension. And one of the reasons why God can speak, has to speak to you in dreams is because when you are out and about, how many know that your mind is always just, how many of your mind is just all over the place all day long? Your mind is all over the place all day long. Then you're looking at stuff all day long. You're hearing stuff all day long. And you're feeling stuff all day long. All of that together clashes on your inner being. And it can prevent you from really locking in the God. And so that's why then God waits until you are asleep. Because guess what? Now your mind is off. Now your eyes are closed. Now your ears are closed. And now... Your feelings are shut down. The body is actually in a what you call mild coma. Okay. Um, and so while the body is in a mild coma, getting its rest to replenish itself, God says, all right, now I have your attention. And then he gives you this dream. Now he gives you the dream. But then when you wake up, okay, guess what happens when you wake up? Instantly, your feelings wake up. 
your eyes wake up, your ears wake up, and your mind wakes up. And when all of those things wake up at the same time, they begin to clash and make noise, and it prevents you from now getting the stillness of what you got when all of those things were asleep. Y'all follow me? And so, so, and that's why if you are awakened by an alarm, that can really mess you up. Because guess what you do? And then you slam the thing, put it on snooze for 10 minutes. And you know what I'm saying? And then you run to the restroom and the dream is gone. And you can remember a couple of pieces, but you just messed yourself up with all that noise. Sometimes what you need to do is go to bed early. <laughs> See that? See y'all heard that? <sighs> that was, yeah. I just, how many of you hate, well, no, some people, they love going to bed. How many in this room, you wish you didn't have to sleep? If there was some way to get the energy from sleep without sleeping, you wouldn't go to sleep. Ain't too many hands are like, nah, bro, I love my bed. I got, what's the one that Sophia want? Um, I got a seat, batches, you know, 22, whatever it is. My kid, 16, what you talking about? You need a sleep mattress 25. That's for people that got arthritis and stuff. You know what I'm saying? No, whatever. These kids are amazing, boy. They <laughs> point that I'm making is, is that, you know, you, you're, you, you do these things, and, and sometimes it's a sign that you need to go to bed early so you can wake up and just lay there. Because let me tell you something. When I practice that, I, I have a dream, and it happened last night had a dream, and as soon as I woke up, I didn't move. See, typically me, I wake up, and I sit up, or run to the restroom, bam, whatever. So I just sat there, and it's what you do. You get the dream, and as soon as your eyes open, don't say nothing, don't do nothing, don't even move. Immediately force your mind to focus on the dream. And if you focus on the dream and run the dream through your mind, you'll be able to hold it much longer. And when you're doing that, that which is fading away you're rewriting it on your mind. And as you rewrite it on your mind, then you're able to rewrite it again on paper. Or some people, they just simply record the dream. And so that's how you hold on to it. It's the stillness. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am the Lord. Okay? And so, so there's certain things that it can only come to you. It's just only things you can know about God. You can hear from him if you are completely still. I've been messing myself up from birth <laughs> with that one. And so I would get up and didn't realize that I was hurting myself because of that. But when I practiced what that gentleman taught on that, just lay there, be still, and try to remember it, and more will come to you. What will also help is, is praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit a little bit, that will greatly help because the same frequency that the dream is on is the same frequency that praying in the tongues is on. The same frequency that the dream is on is the same frequency that the Word of God is on. There have been times, this is another thing that helps, there have been times when I lost a dream, forgot I had the dream, and as I started reading the word, the dream came back. Has that ever happened to any of you? You read the word and the dream comes back. You're like, I don't remember having that dream. Yeah, because the word, the peace of God, praying in tongues, all of that is the same frequency, and when you get on it, that frequency is not bound by time. Your dream has left 25 years into the future, but then you catch it when you get in the word. So those are just things that you can practice, and the more you do it, the more you get better at it. You know, uh, those books, are, as I close, remember this, that God needs to wait until you're asleep to talk to you about major things that you can't hear during the day. Now, we got to get better at hearing during the day, okay? And that's why you spend time with God in the morning time before you start your day. That's the best way to hear from God during the day, but then that swallows you up by the time you get to the end of the day.
Um, but when you leave your job and you drive home, um, pray in tongues on the way home. You'll be completely refreshed by the time you get there if you're a minimum of 30 minutes away, 20 or 30 minutes away. These are all things that you practice. That's why the Bible says pray in tongues at all times. It'll keep you on that level. And then a dream. And then with the dream, some are literal, which means you know beyond a shadow of a doubt what it is, but most of them are symbolic. When God used symbolism, he is using your working knowledge of the scripture, your working knowledge of what you learned in school and in society, and God is very much into slang, very much into slang. He is the ultimate word smith. He will use slang on you in a moment. I'll give you one example of Laura Harris Smith. She said that in the dream, she was standing behind a waterfall. And she said that the Holy Spirit told her, and this is in the dream, he said, run through the waterfall and jump because you're going to have a great fall. And so she was hesitant, you know, because it's a waterfall. You got to run through this tunnel and jump through the waterfall and then down, way down. And so she said, the Holy Spirit told her again, he said, go ahead, be bold. He said, jump. He said, because if you jump through the waterfall, he said, you're going to have a great fall. So in the dream, she did it. And she said she ran, jumped, ran through it and jumped through the waterfall. And she said she was beginning to fall down, way down to the river beneath. And she said it was a very exhilarating feeling. She says it was a great fall. And right before she hit the river, she woke up. She did not know that the Lord was telling her, jump and move forward with what you're doing this year because you're going to have a great fall. Did any of y'all get that? In other words... It might be May, but move forward with that because by the time August and September and October are rolled around, it is going to be exhilarating for you. So you have to be careful because God will use slang on you in a moment. Maybe that's why sometimes the kids can understand God with dreams than we can because we're trying to turn to John 3.16 over everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So I hope that helped you today. This is about... And let me say something about dreams. This is God infusing and incorporating himself into in your daily activities, from your children to your health to your money. Let me tell you, when the Lord started giving you dreams concerning your finances and what to do when I... It's a person that I watch. I'm, I'm just scared to see how the Lord directs this man in dreams when it comes to business. You know, ministry, with ministry, it's just... You can't even conceive just how the Lord has directed this ministry with dreams. I mean, it's, it's just unreal. I don't know where we would be without it. Okay, so these are all weapons that the God gives you. Now, when we went through all of the different methods that God speaks to you, how I many you know that was a lot just when it comes to dreams? Imagine what happens if you start spending time in the Word like you should, spending time in prayer. You start studying this. Start with the two books and then read the Scripture. And when you read Scripture, don't read it religiously. Read it, understanding that every sentence that you read, there are hidden things there. There are hidden words there. There are hidden concepts there, revelations there, secrets there. As they go on the inside of you, it's locking you. That's wonderful that when you drink water all day, every day, it goes on the inside of your body, in your circulatory system, and it refreshes your organs. It drives toxins out. It gives life to your body. It helps your kidney get rid of toxins. All of that. It refresh. It helps you lose weight. How many of you know you don't have to know all of that? If you just drink water, you get all of the benefits of that. 
That's wonderful that when you go to the gym and you get on that cardio equipment, that your heart rate increases and it begins to burn fat. And I mean, it just helps all of the different areas of your body. You build muscle, it makes you stronger. All of that is wonderful. How many of you know you don't have to go to a class? If you just go there and work out, you get the benefits of what you don't know. That's how it is also with reading the Bible. You don't have to know everything, but because you're putting it in you, it changes your DNA. You start getting the benefit of what you consume. And you have to read the Bible. You have to pay attention to things. You have to look at different things. I mean, I'll, be, I'll go down the street and the Lord will show me something about cars. I never forget when I was driving down the freeway. You know, you don't really pay attention to it, but I mean, you know, there are always tons of 18-wheelers on the freeway. I was driving down the freeway and the Holy Spirit said, when you see all those 18-wheelers, he said, that's he said, all of those 18-wheelers are taking packages to places that people have ordered stuff. And he said, that's how it is with prayer. He said, if you can see it in the spirit realm, he said, you see mechanisms like that. All of these vehicles that are bringing things to people in the spiritual realm. He said, but just make sure you don't cancel the order or the 18-wheeler or go back to its original destination. I mean, it's, the Lord is always teaching you. And when you get to that, y'all, people think I'm just joking around when I tell them sin is not a temptation. No, I'm not joking. Because you get too much light on the inside of you, you see things for what it is, you can't be tempted anymore. See, let me tell you what my temptation is. My temptation is still having to work on, like, prideful things. How I many you know pride is a difficult thing to get? That's just hard to get rid of. It's just a hard thing. This is very, very, you got to work on that for the rest of your life and hope that you make it to the next level. So, for, you know, that's stuff like that. I still have to work on stuff like that. And trust me, I have gotten much, 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 because I grew up in pride. My spiritual fathers and my natural father, they were just all very prideful men. And that's in you. It's in your DNA. And the pride doesn't come out until you're put in scenarios. And then you say, hmm, I failed that. Why? Because there's still pride on the inside of you. So it's always areas like that with us. Fear. Some of us are overly fearful. Some of us, we just, you know, get angry over stuff. You know, it's different things that you got to work on. And as you improve, you know, God will work with you in that regards. You know, but you got to get to a place, you all, where it's not just coming to church to learn this and, and have a good meal and then go back home. You got to start practicing this. And like I said, I was up there, I took, a, I took a nap longer than I had wanted to take yesterday. I didn't even wake up until 8 o'clock. I didn't want to cut the grass, all of that. I mean, it just messed me, I shouldn't say it messed me up, but just, I, I guess I needed to nap. And then I was up longer, um, then I ended up doing some stuff, and then I get caught up. I was supposed to watch one show. There's only three episodes left. And, and then I waited too long. I said, well, I might as well go to the second one. And I'll just do the third. I'll just do the third one. <laughs> when I get home from church tomorrow, because I need to pray. That second one ended. Well, you know, it's only one more. I might as well go ahead and finish this. And, and I was, then I was upset with myself. So I said, no, I'm staying up. And so and then I just started praying and I was listening to something. And then just heaven opened for me for two hours. And I said, I don't see angels. And I mean, it was a spiritual experience by which the Lord just began to show me my life, my wife, my kids, the church. Um, I cried a lot over people that... Um, um, out of going down the wrong road. It was just very, very powerful. And the Lord gave me a dream an hour later after the experience. What I'm saying is, is that just because you're a preacher don't mean that you do this stuff. There are a lot of preachers that don't live right. They just preach. They don't even study the Bible. They just study the Bible to go do a sermon. And they go back to their own life. It has nothing to do with title. It has nothing to do with anything except for we are all children of God. God just asked me 
as a servant to help manage his other household servants. He asked me to lead people, okay, and to be a shepherd. Okay, so I'm encouraging you to cry out and start having, ask God to give you your own experiences. Um, what I experienced yesterday was so strong um, in my prayer time. Um, just the feeling let me know that um, I don't ever need to see a vision. It was that strong, just the feeling of it. Let me tell you something, what I felt last, what I felt last night is something that um, there were a couple of times it got so strong I knew at that moment that I would have been satisfied sitting on my couch just feeling that moment for the next 10,000 years. That's how strong it was. And I came out of it really messed up because, you know, and even the elements of it this morning, you know, with my wife, I was broke down crying a couple of times. I was like, if this is what heaven is like, I don't know if any of us are ready for that. I just don't know if any of us are ready for that. I mean, it's that's a... That's a very, very, I understand now why the Bible says you cannot go to heaven with this body. That feeling will kill you, I'm telling you. It is not possible. Crazy thing, we're tapping into it. What they were playing Wednesday night, it was getting there. I mean, it was just like, like Wednesday night was just another level. Just, and we just, we are, Wednesday nights, we don't really do the worship and praise right now. We just kind of go before the Lord in prayer, let the minstrels play, and we just worship the Lord and pray. And, and it got, it, it was just like, you were trying to stand. But if you sat down, I mean, it was just, it's, you get into this, there, there are things and experiences for every single last one of you. If you commit to God like that, he wants to overwhelm you in your feelings and your mind. But it requires a commitment. You got to turn the television off. You got to ask God questions. You're like, you got to go before God like, Lord, I don't even know how to do this. So I'm going to just do something. He said, cool. That's all I needed anyway was your heart, not your religiosity and your programs and and I gave a prophecy to our, one of our head prophets on Wednesday night. And the Lord had me string together Power Rangers, the Transformers, Knight Rider, Black Panther, the girl with the things on her hands, and a, and a water valve. Now, if you didn't hear the prophecy, how many of you know that sounds crazy? If you had heard the prophecy, it blew everybody's mind. And just, it's, and I was teaching the people that you don't have to always, you don't have to prophesy. One person will say, thus saith the Lord. That ain't my style. And there's nothing wrong with the person that uses the style. Somebody else, it's just at the moment. With me, I'm going to give diagrams. I'm going to do all those different type of things. And so, again, you know, don't get caught up in what somebody else does. Do you. Y'all know what I mean by that. God uses your personality. When you give your life to Christ, he doesn't change your personality. He changes your character. If you're a nerd for you got to save, you're pretty much going to still be a nerd, you know. And so, and that's okay. If you were cool before you got to save, you're still going to be cool after that. It's your character that he changes, not your personality, okay? So let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's all bow our heads just for a moment.